and the record. Hi, everybody. Welcome to North Country Sunday Revival Podcast Hour. It is Mags. And Max. And we are here to give you the lowdown on the Taurus new moon that is later tonight. I'm really excited about it. Oh, this is going to be so good. Happy Earth Day. Happy Earth Day, bud. Yeah, right? Like, how could this be more perfect? It's so perfect. It cannot. Yeah. I love, like, I love Mama Earth. I love Mama Earth, too. Gratis. <laughs> She's celebrating this um, new moon in such a grounded, beautiful Earth sign. It's just like kismet. Yeah. Ready for it. It's perfect. Yeah, how are you holding up in quarantine, boo? I'm doing or, you know. I'm doing all right. I'm doing good. Hanging in there. I think uh, I'm finally getting into a space of norm, like normalizing it a little bit. Like it's feeling, it doesn't feel so jarring at this point. Right. You know, yep. just getting into yep. a routine. So, you know, five weeks in, just getting into a routine. Oh my god! Well, you have to resist it all first. Definitely, <laughs> you have to go through all the stages of grief. Yeah, like oh, otherwise, you're you know anger, really... denial, all the stuff. Yeah, yep, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. So this is this is week five for me as well. Um, and you know, like I I moved in the middle of all of it. Yeah, and luckily now I'm. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to say quarantined in like air quotes, um, because, uh, we're not leaving the farm, you know, but I, I see my sister right. and the folks here, you know what I mean? So it's like not in total isolation. Like I was in the UP, which probably feels good. Oh my God. Oh. And I mean, you've, you have said this to me my, all of my friends have said, my goodness, you fe- seem so much, um, happier and more grounded and (laughs) I'm like yeah it's because I'm not turning into the Unabomber (laughs) (laughs) Uh, not that I ever would do that you guys but it was getting freaky man it was getting freaky up there oh yeah so grateful so so very grateful to be around family I'm happy to have you below the bridge friend Oh, girl, it feels good to be down here. Yeah. It feels good. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. So, Taurus, new moon. Let's dig into some astrology first. Um, as usual, I'll just give everybody the rundown of where the planets are first, and then we'll um, kind of go into more of the meat and potatoes of all of it. Um, so, as at any new moon... The sun and moon are in the same sign. They're in Taurus at the same degree. And it's early degrees of Taurus. And this this is exact this evening. I think our time, like, you know, um, whatever fucking time zone we're in. <laughs> it's like 1030 tonight. So if you're on the West Coast, it may actually be tomorrow. But regardless, sun and moon are both happy in Taurus. We have Venus and Gemini which I will point out little asterisks asterisks here um, goes retrograde May 13th um, in Gemini. And we are in currently um, Venus's shadow period right before it really kicks into that retrograde on May 13th. Yeah. It will be retrograde until June 25th. And then we have that post shadow period. This is going to be really 
really interesting in terms of um, a Venus retrograde in Gemini. Um, and with any retrograde, you know, you have to review, right? Um, but this is about reviewing when, you know, it's Venus, it's about your relationships. But more specifically, this one is about the relationship to self and what needs to be retrieved in order to have that um, really, really lovely, dynamic, supportive relationship to the self. So this upcoming Venus transit, I'm just really so curious to see how it all unfolds. Um, but Venus and Gemini, we have Mars and Aquarius, we have Mercury and Aries, um, lots of air and fire <laughs> in those personal planets, which, um, I think can be tricky during these times of self-isolation and quarantining and times of pandemic. Right. Um, but thank goodness for the sun and moon and grounding Taurus. Um, so it's a really interesting, um, little, little marinade that we are so <laughs> in right now. Yeah. And the outer planets, um, Pluto and Capricorn, Judo and, and Judo, <laughs> Jupiter, <laughs> Jupiter and Capricorn, Saturn still in those early degrees of Aquarius, Neptune and Pisces and Uranus and Taurus. Um, and so because it's Taurus season, because this season just arrived, um, I thought it'd be fun to just sort of jive on what comes up for us when we think about Taurus. Um, and, you know, this is Venusian ruled um, sign. So, of course, come the concepts of love and pleasure and values. Um, but Taurus is also this very, very earthy, you know, it is an earth sign, but it's like uh, the quintessential. It's the first earth sign in the zodiac. Yeah. Um, so I think of rebirth. I think of springtime. Um, it's taking that push and initiative from Aries season and it's getting really practical and grounded about how to make all of those big lofty sort of fire sign inspirational vibes, how to, how to make them real. I love that. Yeah. That's what comes to me. Um, what, what comes to you? This is your rising sign. So you know this, you, you live it. Yeah. Um, and flowers. <laughs> yeah. I think oh, it's just like really lush everything. Lots of everything green, botanical, emeralds, like stones, malachite. Um, hot, jade. hot, hot. Oh, I love it. <laughs> like earthy senses, just being fully dropped in with the earth and mirroring nature, you know? Oh, I love it. And it's a very aesthetic sign. Oh, yes. Aesthetics are very everything. Yes, it's very concerned concerned with aesthetics, but not um ostentatious. No. It's mm -mm. it's very clean. And it's also about functional. It's like something things that have a function but that also bring you joy. Right, because it's still an earth sign. Yeah. It's still that groundedness to it. Um and of course the senses like Taurus is always associated. And you mentioned that it was the senses. So, um, that, that physicality, those bodily experiences, um, I like to think of Taurus as sort of the sanctuary of all things sensual. Yes. Love um, that. Yeah. So it's your, you know, and so many people think of the word sensual and they think of like sexy, sexy, but like, yeah, it can be that, but it's also just about like, the very um, fundamental tools we have as humans to experience the world around us. Um, so your, you know, touch, smell, sight, sound, taste. We know all of our senses, and then of course, I 
like an intuition to be part of that as well. But really, we're talking about the physical senses here. Um, and I think that like Taurus, and I, we were talking about this yesterday when I had this, I have this like, like just when I close my eyes and think about Taurus, I think about sort of like the nerves of the body waking up and finding their purpose whether it is to touch, to, to smell, to see, to taste, et cetera. But it's like, because it's so early in the Zodiac, it is sort of this, this forming of, and that, that beginner's like lust for sensual experience. Yeah. It's just like, so enamored with the physical earthly experience. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's so great. It kind of um, reminds like I get visuals of like someone taking a bite of fruit and having juice kind of just go down their chin. Perfect. And just finding the most joy out of like the purity of that. Yeah. 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 That is Taurus to me. Um and the other thing about Taurus is that it is a fixed sign. Um so, you know, in the realm of fixed signs, um, with Scorpio, with Leo, with Aquarius, um, there is sort of that, you know, it's the, the immediate, uh, assumption of, of stubborn. Um, but what I find a lot of times with Taurus energy is this, this patience that is so, uh, so lovely because it's, um, it's about growth cycles and not wanting to rush and you really in nature and all things that grow from the earth, you cannot rush. You can't ask a seed to become, you know, to, to bear fruit a day later. Right. There is a timeline to growth, um, that, cannot be pushed. And that is also very Taurus to me. Um, and I think right now kind of tapping into that, um, that knowledge of, of that, that sort of growth timeline is really important because I think a lot of us feel a little anxious, a little antsy with like, when are we going to be done with this pandemic? I just want to, I just want to go back to my life as normal, which is you know, we'll talk about why that's impossible later. <laughs> yeah. But um, just calling in some of that Taurus patience um, and reverence for the natural cycle of growth. Yeah, I love that. I think that's hitting the nail on the head for sure. Yeah, yeah. So um, I want to then sort of look at some of the, pardon my crinkle papers, I have all my notes here. Um, I wanted to tap into some of the different transits that are happening around and during the new moon. Um, we have, um, we had this two days ago on the, on the 20th. Um, actually was that two days ago? I don't know the dates anymore, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to call it on 420, right? Yeah. It was, yeah, that was two oh, days ago. Whew, thank goodness. All right. I still have some idea. Um, we had a sun square Saturn and, um, you know, squares are tough. They're challenging. Um, but we don't, we don't grow without it, you know? So, um, this one could have been a little tricky, um, because anytime Saturn is involved, um, we have to face 
consequences. And um, when it's square, when Saturn is square, the sun, we may feel a little bit of like misalignment or like chafing at the edges around our concept of self. Um, and you may have felt this a couple of days ago. You may be feeling it now. Um, but Saturn, you know, as we often refer to it is like the ice, you know, ice cold daddy. This is like, <laughs> um, but Saturn is also quite concerned, um, with restriction and, um, and it is sort of like a, a lonely energy, isolated, maybe not lonely. I don't know. Um, but you may be feeling like this sort of restriction and depression or depressiveness around concepts of your identity mm. around this time and sort of feeling like you have to, you have to further investigate some of this stuff. Um, and the... Ooh. Sorry, I just had a dog bark in the background. Um, the best thing to do around this square would be to respond with objectivity. Um, you know, don't don't get so lost in, you know, and it's an easy thing to say, those don't get so lost in those depressive feelings or thoughts that you start to rewrite the narrative and something dark and that you will be lonely forever and you're never going to hug a person ever again. You know what I mean? So yeah. Feeling. Um, so, but Saturn wants commitment always and responsibility and the sun wants you to feel good in your ego. So what, in what ways can you commit and show up responsibly to tending any of those areas that might need to, you know, be pruned? Um, and if your depression or depressiveness is getting the best of you and you are just feeling overwhelmed, um, there are resources out there. Um, there are so many uh, psychological services online now. Um, and because most, you know, if you're if you're not showing symptoms of COVID, you can't go to your doctor right now or the hospital. So just like, you know, stay home, stay safe. But do seek treatment and and seek connection. If that's something that's really giving you trouble, we're always going to advocate for you to find the proper um, lines of, of, of taking care of yourself. Um, I think that's so important. important. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, man. I mean, we're all we're all in it. We're all in it, and we can all be feeling it in a, in a myriad of different ways. So just be responsible. Let little Saturn influence. <laughs> be responsible about your health and um, and show up for yourself in the ways that that you need to right now. Um, because we we really can't burden already overwhelmed systems with um with anything that's not you know quote unquote essential yeah you know and I'm not saying that that I'm like I'm judging anybody's depressiveness is non essential um I'm not saying that in any way shape or form but I am saying like we know what the tr the reality of our healthcare system is right now and it's if you don't need to be in a hospital don't go in it's bleak um it's bleak as fuck. There's your sat there's your Saturn vibe. Yeah. Icy cold horizons. <laughs> anyway, um, so for today, on the day of the new moon, we have a Uranus conjunction um to Taurus. Um, and you know, Uranus shows up and it's like, here comes the fucking mad scientist, you know, here comes uh just Dr. Crazy. <laughs> here comes Mad Eye Moody. 
Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so it's conjuncting Taurus where we have, um, you know, our sun and moon right now. But also Uranus is in Taurus, has been in Taurus, will be in Taurus until 2026. Um, unpredictable disruptions. Um, don't qualify the disruptions. Like, just don't bother labeling it good or bad. Just really fucking call on your objectivity here. Please, 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 please. Don't get swept up into um, panic, panic thinking. Um, it's just, we're already, we're already sensitive little babies right now. So just be nice to yeah. yourself. <laughs> Panic doesn't ever help anything. No, no, it doesn't. It's, it's educational. It's informative. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it'll highlight something we need to fix, but then th from there, let's calm down and take a breath and ground into your body and proceed mindfully. Um, and we also have a Saturn square to the sun and the moon and Uranus. So Saturn's just like being a straight up dick right and left this week, you guys. Like like boner killer times a million. <laughs> um, so when Saturn is here in this like new moon party where we're like, new beginnings, fuck yeah, let's set some intentions, let's manifest some shit. Saturn's like, um, womp, 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 consequences. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Womp, 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 loneliness. Um, and whenever like Saturn vibes of loneliness come in, it's really important to ask yourself the question, are you really lonely or are you simply alone? Mm, I love that question. It's a really powerful thing to differentiate. Um, and when you can answer it, well, I'm just alone, or you can, you know, then it's like, okay, then let me get to know myself, you know? And if you're really, you really are feeling lonely, certainly reach out. There are so many ways that we can stay connected now. Um, and I, will certainly be one of those people that says, I feel more connected right now than I did before all of this started. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, it's so, um, heartwarming to wake up to a bunch of Marco Polos for my friend or have my zoom calls scheduled and just see everybody's faces, you know? So there are ways to, to work through this. And the other thing that I have to say um, is that loneliness is sort of an inherent part of the human condition. We will grapple with uh, phases of feeling loneliness, feeling isolated throughout our lives. Um, and there's always something to learn about how we can tend to that wound. Anyway, being a human being is a fucking lonely thing. Yeah, I completely you know? agree with that. I think right? such so, a, loneliness is such an important teacher and um, I feel like I've in in my life I think I've found myself the the deepest parts of myself in times through loneliness. Amen, dude. Amen. And like any really important growth is usually preceded by those periods of feeling loneliness or feeling alone um because nobody can do that deep dark shadow work but you. Boom. Nobody Right? There it is. Nobody you no you can't bring other people down into those depths. It's not their work. Mm -hmm. 
It's not their responsibility. It is absolutely yours. Um, so reach the fuck out when you need to just, you know, your people are there for you and always, always remember that. And we're there for you, you know, like drop us a DM, yo, (laughs) slide into a DM. (laughs) We'll talk to (laughs) you. The other thing, the other thing that this, um, Saturn square to the sun and moon and Uranus can be indicative of, and this is something that Jessica Lanyato, one of our favorite astrologers, spoke about in her most recent podcast, is sort of rash structural or institutional changes. And I would just like to point to Trump banning immigration. Mm, yes. Yeah. So obviously, you know, you and I have been saying this forever, like, the world's on fire. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the patriarchy is collapsing. And we are sort of seeing um, all of these like archaic waves, ways of being sort of lashing out at um, symbols of hope, symbols of love. Um, And they, you know, maybe they don't see it that way, but really that's, you know, that's my perspective and my perspective is fucking right. Um, (laughs) So just just take note, observe the world around you, right? Like um, there are so many structures being um, reimagined, social structures being reimagined right now, um, and we're in the we're in kind of the belly of like we don't know what's changing. We can't see too far ahead. We don't, you know, we don't know. We don't totally know. But watch what some of these leaders are doing. Pay the fuck it you know, pay attention, not to the point of just being absolutely driven crazy. Um, we all have to sort of regulate our, our news consumption and our social, social media intake. Um, but because of the, the Uranus Saturn vibe happening here, um, quick change to structure. Interesting. So this is good to know. Right. And it's that lightning fast, it's that lightning fast change. And I think, you know, we've sort of been seeing that like every single day we learn something new or every single day there's a new fucking tweet from that twat monster. I I, I hate him so much. (laughs) Anyway. um, So just, you know, pay attention and watch and also pay attention to the, the folks that are out there doing good. Um, look to the helpers, look to the medical care, medical workers right now who are just in on top of providing care in these challenging circumstances, they're also standing with arms crossed, unmoving in front of those fucking protesters. Um, those are your lights. That you those know, are the beacons. Those are the beacons in this situation, in this this very challenging time. Um, these are the folks that you want to support. These are the one of folk, the folks you want to help as much as you can, in whatever ways you can right now. Um, and then moving on <laughs> on the 25th. So in a couple of days, we have Mercury square to Jupiter and Pluto. So Mercury is our mind. It's our attitudes. It's our thoughts. Um, it's how we speak. It's often how we listen. It's also the sort of modern inventions of texting and DMS and emails. Um, and then the square to Jupiter. Jupiter is expansion. It's the 
the big sexy daddy of the Zodiac <laughs> with his arms wide open who wants to explore and educate, but he's also a bit dogmatic and he can proselytize sometimes where you're just like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and I am a Sagittarius son, so I can say that because I often sometimes need to tell myself to just girl, shut the fuck up. Um, and then we also have Pluto in the mix here, which we all know, um, compulsion, destruction, healing, alchemy. Um, possessiveness. Um, so when your mind is also, uh, meeting up with these energies of expansion and destruction, communication can get a little hairy, you know? So like there can be fights, um, passions are just running hot in this scenario. Um, your thoughts can get obsessive. You may have difficulty being a good listener. Um, and this can also speak to the propaganda around us and it's everywhere. Um, everybody is rewriting the narrative of what's happening right now to suit their ends. Um, and so really just do your research, thoroughly investigate what sits well in you and what doesn't. Um, the bright side of this is sort of like, uh, being, being pushed to, um, investigate yourself, um, your thought processes. Um, and this can be really powerful, um, environment for, um, doing some of your own shadow work. Um, and squares can sometimes be that crisis point, that panic point, that flash point. But what comes out of those is that expansion. I love all of that. It sounds like it's going to be a pretty potent week. It's going to be a doozy. And like, when hasn't it, you know, when hasn't it been a lot lately? Um, But, you know, again, I I urge all of us to um, step away from labeling something good or bad and just really experience it for what it is. That's so funny. My, my, um, my co-star message today yeah, was refrain from using words with moralistic undertones like clean and dirty. There we go. There it is. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, why? <laughs> well, it's wow. like when we use those words, we're already creating a narrative before we can even collect all of the information. Or, yeah. or go through our own experiences and our own emotions around something. Right. And oftentimes it's the narrative of culture. It's not your own. Correct. It's just, you know, what you have been taught to believe about a thing. Absolutely. So, you know, be alive, man. Practice practice autonomy. Decide what's what's, you know good or bad or clean or dirty right. <laughs> according to, to your own um, internal compass and sense of integrity, you know? Um, so that's what I have for astrology. Awesome. That was amazing. Thanks, baby. What you got for Oracle? Um, so we have two cards. Uh, the first one is from Star Child Tarot. And I just want to preface this by saying Star Child Tarot is not your average tarot deck. It's not traditional. So it has um, like it's it's it has an extra card in it, which is the card that we pulled. Um, and mm. it's called the Akashic Records. So 
for those that are not familiar with the term Akashic Records, um, it's basically an energetic library that encompasses every event, thought, emotion, desire, challenge of every soul in our conceivable universe. <laughs> oh, so no big. Just that. It's not, yeah. it's not a big deal. Everything. It's that. <laughs> Um, it's also referenced as the book of life. Yeah. So I'm just going to kind of break that down a little bit and why, it, why it has probably come into our field for this Taurus new moon. Um, the Akashic records are stored in the etheric plane. And this is kind of like a really linear way of explaining it so that our egos can understand it because our souls don't really need this this breakdown but right. our, our, our egos want it um and I don't know if anyone knows of teal swan she's uh she's a spiritual I would say like a spiritual leader she's been through a lot a lot of challenging things in her life and has really um, used those experiences to gain wisdom and deeper spiritual understanding she has a lot of amazing um, articles and YouTube videos, including things about the Akashic Records. And she gives kind of a really good explanation uh, on her YouTube channel. One of the key points that she presents is that our 3D existence, so our what we're living right now in the flesh, is always moment to moment. Uh, we only have the here and now, Okay. But mm -hmm. the fifth dimension encompasses every single event, thought, etc. that has ever occurred, but it also encompasses every probable occurrence. So all the timelines. And that's that's what the Akashic Records hold. So it, ha it, it holds all of the past, all of the present, and every single probable outcome in our conceivable universe. Damn. Yeah. It's a matrix. It's an energetic matrix. Wow. Yeah. But so basically, we're kind of as as human beings and as souls, we're always creating a vibrational signature that is helping to create the reality that we're living and the future that will play out. Okay. But okay. because of our free will, there is never a future that's like ingrained and like that's exactly what's going to happen because we are constantly engaging with that story. Um, and this card shows up to remind us that there are endless possibilities for our life and that we always have the ability to create change in any given moment. We always have the ability to adjust our energetic signature. Um, and when we do that, when we adjust our, our energy and our perception, and then we adjust our thoughts and then we adjust our actions, that's when we're engaging with our higher self. That's when we're engaging with the Akashic records in a way that feels empowering. Does that make sense? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, I get into my head and I don't know if I'm making sense. <laughs> you are absolutely making sense. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, so yeah, so the, the Akashic records are held in the fifth dimension in the ethereal plane and they're accessible to anyone. Anyone who tells you that they're not accessible to you is lying and run far, far away. 
Um, <laughs> they're they're bullshitters. You yeah. so of course you have the choice of what you choose to believe in. If you don't believe that that exists, that's totally fine. No big deal to me. Um, but if you do believe that they exist, they're accessible to anyone. And I think that it's important to recognize anytime we're dealing with any type of self-development, um, spiritual growth, Akashic record stuff, we don't want to try to access this space when we're coming from a place of, let's say, like stroking our ego or manipulation, because we're not going to be able to ex- access it. It's mm-hmm. going to hide itself from you, essentially, because you're not coming with a pure intention for for growth or for development or for helping someone. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so accessing the records can be done through meditation. I'm sure that there's um, uh, so many amazing psychics and really spiritually developed individuals who can access it without going into a really deep meditative state. Um, I'm going to be honest. I have not attempted to access, um, the records. Uh, I just haven't had that desire in, in my own personal journey as of yet. It seems slightly intimidating. (laughs) Well, uh, yeah. (laughs) I just feel like you'd be like, you're you're like, your brain would just melt. I know, right? (laughs) Um, back to like the world that we live in with fucking like strip malls and bad hair pieces that are president. And you know what I mean? Like you get back and you're like, nah, bitch, I'm going out. I'm going to space. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, seriously. But I think, um, I think that it serves, this card serves as a reminder to just kind of come back to the knowing that you, you're, we're always interacting with that higher potential and we're also interacting with lower potential and it's always a choice, which, which way we go, you know? So if you, you know, there are different outcomes that are possible all the time, but we have to choose maybe sometimes paths that don't feel quite as comfy cozy as the ones we've been walking. Yeah. You know? Damn. Yeah. And so do you have any questions or any commentary on the Akashic records before I go into the patient's card? I mean, no, nothing focused. It's more like, I don't know, just I'm, I'm impressed by the concept alone. And then also, you know, I have just very specific experiences of like meditation or moments of you know, those, those, those brief little glimmers of transcendence that some of us are lucky enough to experience. Um, and I want to just be like, Maggie, was that one? Was that a thing that it, did I touch it? You know, <laughs> but that's more along the lines of like you and me kicking back and having a, having a beer and yeah. you know, diving on that. But I mean, I think it's such a beautiful message um, to be receiving right now. Um, and that's actually a mantra that I have been falling, um, back to again and again throughout this, um, entire experience that all things are possible. Yes. Um, and I've just sort of, that's been giving me such comfort, um, especially after, um, like watching the news or something. Um, it is all just, it's, it's a hopeful mantra. And I think that this card really taps, taps into that. It does. I think that's a really good message. And, um, I think hope is something we can always stand to have a little bit more of. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
I, you know, this just came in as you were talking. A really good example of the Akashic Records would be uh, the Avengers series. Yes! <laughs> tell me more. Tell me more. Tell so me more. When we think about, spoiler alerts ahead, um, <laughs> when we think about the, is it, I don't know if it's, is it, it's, it would be Infinity War in, in okay. Avengers when Tony sees an outcome that is just total devastation to the planet, right? <gasps> Right. Okay. But it's only one of like how many millions of, of infinite, so many million, like, you know what I mean? Of millions of options. And it's Dr. Strange who can go into that matrix and he saw them all. And he saw oh. the one. Girl. The one. And I feel like I'm, I'm kind of getting chills right now thinking about the state of the world right now. I'm like, wow. We, there's so, because this is always just like everything as above, so below as within, so without it's happening on an individual level on a micro level, but it's always happening on a collective macro level too. So everything we're living in a hologram, like this is always being mirrored back to us. And when we think about end game with those millions of options of how that could have played out, we're, we're interacting with that type of matrix system every single second of our life. Oh, I love that. So there's our, there's our Marvel reference for the day. Yay. Hooray. Is this the first time we've worked a Marvel reference in? I, it might be, which is not acceptable because it's because we're both like, yeah, we totally love it. <laughs> Alex and I are, you know, talking each other back and forth. It's like, what are you about to do? I'm going to watch the Avengers. Okay. I'm going to watch Harry Potter. Like that's what we're always watching. Marvel or Harry Potter. I know. Predictable. <laughs> that's very um Taurus comfort safety. Yes. Like watching things that make you feel good. It's like, yeah, that's very, very Taurus. Anyhow, what's the other what's the other card you got, babe? So the other card was patience, which you started to beautifully talk about earlier in regards to Taurus energy. Um mm-hmm. we got yeah, so we got the patience card. And I think that that patience is basically like trusting in the universe's timeline over the one that your ego has created. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time I think about patience, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not the most patient individual in the world. I think I've gotten better. Uh, I've grown with it a lot over the years, but um, I've struggled with it. Um, and every time I think about patience, I basically in my head, I'm like, okay, get ready to wait. <laughs> you know <laughs> hurry up and wait hurry up and wait but it's uh-huh. I think that patience is deeper that in the sense that it's about the energy that we carry while we wait Ooh, you know I love that distinction talk more about that well you when we're when our timelines get disrupted when we go through a setback or a delay or we're completely getting rerouted yeah. It doesn't mean that we're being patient. We're going to have to wait regardless. <laughs> Patience is the act of having grace through oh. those moments of setbacks. Oh, there we go. There it is. You know? Oh, I love that. Um, And, you know, we're obviously experiencing this on on a very large scale right now. 
of a true test of patience because we have this um, indefinite amount of time that we're not sure about isolation. But beyond that, even when quarantine is over, there's going to be a rippling out of events and challenges and new ways that things have to, you know, have to fall in order in a different way, a way that we've never experienced or seen before in our time. So patience is going to be such an incredible virtue through as we navigate this as a collective. Absolutely. Um, And I loved what you said earlier about, you know, you can't force a seed to bear its fruit. You can't, you can't force it into another stage of, of growth. It's not rushing through that, you know, like it's not like there's a freaking caterpillar that's like, yo, I've got a date on Tuesday. I need my wings now. I love that image that popped up in my head. It's like sassy little caterpillar. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, there's no, there's no pushing through. Um, and I love, I love that you found the distinction of grace. Um, yeah, I think it's important to remember the energy that we are carrying while we while we experience delays, while we are getting rerouted into a different direction. Um, because that energy will it will reflect back to you at some point. Yeah. Every time well, I think- we're experiencing life and we're having thoughts around it and emotions around it that again coming back to the akashic records card that's that energetic signature that we're talking about yeah yeah i just immediately thought of like the opposite of patience and grace is like the um folks protesting the shelter in place oh yes that's a perfect example of that (laughs) that's a perfect example of of being impatient, of being selfish, self-righteous, all sorts of things. The list can go on. <laughs> it can go on. It can go on. But uh, but yeah, so that's the perfect example of what not to do. In this edition of what not to wear, um, <laughs> it's definitely don't wear an AK-47. Definitely don't wear a fucking uh, Confederate flag. Don't um, wear a sign that says liberty or death. Yeah. Not in that scenario. Yeah. Do wear a face mask and gloves. Ta-da! <laughs> so on that note, um, Megs had this just like um, beautiful aha moment yesterday um, for sort of our, our wrap-up discussion on, um, on pleasure, um, which is such like a, a Taurus theme. Um, and so we're going to sort of talk about different interpretations of the concept of pleasure, um, ways that we experience pleasure. We asked for some feedback from our, um, NCSR community on Instagram. I got some really sweet, um, things that are just bringing people, um, closer to those sensory experiences that is also Taurus. Um, I think, do you want to rattle those off and sort of kick off the conversation with what we've gathered from 
from our people. Yeah, I think I have a couple of notes, just like side things yeah. I want to mention about pleasure before I hit that up. Um, yeah, what you got? Simply because I think the conversation that I sort of want to open up around pleasure is one, okay, obviously we have to identify what we deem pleasurable to ourselves as individuals. But then yeah. once we identify those things, I think it's really important to identify all of the feelings that you have around that. And I'm going to give an example. Like if you find taking a bath or eating chocolate to be a source of pleasure, do you also find that those things can be sources of guilt or shame? Um, there's, I saw a post and I posted it in my stories the other day. I don't know if you saw it, but, um, Desiree Attaway had, had his, has an Instagram post and the caption is by Brenna McCaffrey. And it's about how acts of self-care are often categorized, ha ha ha, by those moralistic tones that you're talking about by good or bad. And, oh my God. Yeah. I did see this post. It was fabulous. Yeah. And, and kind of bringing in that term, the term like guilty pleasure. And that, mm. Like automatically wrapping up something that we deem pleasurable with shame or with guilt. Yeah. And, and so I just wanted to preface our conversation around this as, as what I want to see from anyone who's listening to this from, and from ourselves is, can we strip away that shame and that guilt around things that we deem pleasurable? Because it has no, it has no position there. It, that, is, that is all conditioning through our society. Um, and I think it's, Bless. you know, like really a powerful exercise to identify what we deem pleasurable, but then also identify all the emotions around what we, what we find pleasurable. And where, when we find those crevices of shame or guilt, looking at that and seeing like inviting in practices that can move that energy out and just simply have pleasure for pleasure. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I need the sound effects board. <laughs> <laughs> this is happening, people. Get over it. Please be patient. Um, <laughs> it's going to be so amazing once I get this going. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> You're killing me right now. That is oh, okay. Anyhow, so I had forgotten about that app, you guys. It, it totally had its cameo a couple episodes ago, and now it's back. Um, anyhow, <laughs> pleasure. Things that bring me pleasure, sound apps. Um, go <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I just, that was just something I wanted to touch on because I think it's really important. Oh, it's, it's, it's knockout. It's like, because, and again, it's that conditioning. It's that those moralistic black or white, uh, good or bad types of divisions that are just, they're not useful. It's really and not. Shaming, and shaming yourself, um, for eating some chocolate. Oh. Or even just like creating like a, like earning earning around pleasure like you need to earn pleasure which right drives me fucking insane and I'm a Virgo so trust me I fucking <laughs> that that game is played in my head all the live long day but it's completely opposite to what puts us 
into a high vibration that supports our overall well-being. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, should, shall, shall I go down some, some, the list of things that some of our community found pleasurable? Yeah. What, what'd they tell us? Um, uh, someone said having tasty beverages in their hand. Cheers to that. <laughs> yes. Cheers to that. Um, solitude. Mm. When the house is empty. Yes. God, nothing better. Uh, riding a bike. Mm-hmm. Love that. Uh, sitting with Mother Superior, and so that is our our majestic lake, our yeah. Great Lake, Mother Superior, and then slowing down. And uh, I think all of those are great, great, absolutely examples. Absolutely. What do you find to that brings you pleasure? Um, playing music. Um, at, lately it's, um, because I've had the time to be creative, um, <laughs> and not feel guilt around indulging in those practices. It's been writing, it's been painting, it's been, um, just trying to get my hands to play an F chord. Um, <laughs> um, but you know, I mean, I think also some of, uh, some of the ones that came up from our community, like, um, just quiet um solo time is just absolute solid gold to me um a good drink a good meal i think i miss i think i'm i'm acutely aware of how much i miss touch and this is coming from somebody who <clears throat> touches people for a living yeah. <laughs> but um acutely aware of its absence and also like uh the role that that sort of healing and therapeutic physical touch plays in my life um i think that's something that i'm that i'm definitely missing yeah mm -hmm. you hear that those are all awesome examples thanks bud what about you um, well, top of my list was baths. I love hot bath. Yay. It's my go-to for, for everything. And I didn't have a bathtub in my apartment in Marquette for three years. So now that I'm here and I have one, it's like three times a week at least. Oh, that's awesome. And I just put magnesium flakes in there and essential oils. And it's awesome. Uh mm. I'd also say like a really good home cooked meal. Flowers are such a huge source of pleasure for me. Just this, yeah. they're, they're sim like their beauty is incomparable to me in my life. So flowers, I love to paint. Mm -hmm. And then um, the last one, which I just got introduced to a couple weeks ago by my dear friend, Rachel who is a yoga instructor and a doula and um, has a myriad of amazing gifts and resources within her, um, is she introduced me to Yoni Massage. Um, yes. And I've been mm -hmm. just going through, um, you know, some stuff personally. And she was like, well, <laughs> just like – Yoni massage, if for, for those of you who don't know the term yoni, it represents your your vulva. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very intuitive practice and I've only done it twice, but it's been pretty amazing. It's not the same as masturbation. So we're taking out the erotic, you know, sexual pleasure side of it. And it's more so just about energetic release or, or tension release within, within the, the, the yoni. So, and I know you had something you wanted to talk about with that as well. Absolutely. And with any body practices, any body work practices, um, it's always really important to pay attention to the subtle um, feedback from your body. Um, yes. And especially as women, there are issues, health, health-related issues around pelvic floor um, and if you are a woman who, um, has given birth or even if you're not, you can still have issues with pelvic floor from injuries, um, or other, other things going on in your body. And I reached out to a friend of mine who's a PT and asked her about some of this stuff. Um, if any of you are in Marquette, um, and are looking for an amazing PT, go see my friend, Anna house, doctor of physical therapy. She is also a yogi. She is a mama. She is a fucking badass. Go find her and work with her. If you have any sort of pelvic pain or di- any sort of pelvic dysfunction, find her. Um, she's so fucking knowledgeable, but some of the things that she really wanted to, um, uh, really wanted us to, to say, uh, about some of this work, um, is that um, if you are menopausal or perimenopausal, i.e. your estrogen levels are low, you may need a lubricant. Um, And even if you aren't experiencing those phases of your life, you might still just want to use a lubricant. Um, And just be aware if you have any um, skin sensitivities. um, And also, especially in that area, use things that are not going to be like really irritating to the, the very specific pH balance of that region. Um, if you have any vulvodynia or you experience painful sex, this can be a really good, um, desensitizing practice. And what that means is like when you find those areas of pain, stay with them and breathe through just like yoga just like yoga, just like yoga, and really be present with the experience in your body. Um, And also just to remember that you just proceed gently um, with no expectation. And again, just drilling home the fact that if you have any pain, absolutely seek out a pelvic floor women's health PT specialist, or somebody like Rachel who has this training and has this experience who can help guide you through some of these practices safely. So that's what I have to say about that. Absolutely. <laughs> All of that is so, so important. And mm. I can't emphasize enough really allowing your intuition into that process to, to know what's right for you. So even if someone were to give you a guide on how to touch yourself, Um, Mm -hmm. you are always going to know what's best for you and always go with what feels right. Um, Trust that above all else always. But um, from personal experience, now that I have done it twice in the past week, it has been seriously so altering for me in so many ways. 
um, less tension, not just there, but in my entire body. Uh, I'm experiencing like a clear mind, clarity, more relaxed just in general. I'm someone who clenches my jaw when I'm stressed. And that is something that has helped so much. So, and it's just a way to get connected to our womb space, which in our society, they would love to just have us completely severed from that power until the day that we die. So it's up to us to reintroduce these practices, which are not new. (laughs) They are new. Um, right. But to up to us to take that power back into our own hands. So absolutely. absolutely. And what a tor- what a beautiful, like Taurus, sensual <clears throat> practice. Yeah, absolutely. It's like so in line. And also the, th- the thing um, that is so very Taurus is right. Like uh, searching for um, security and safety. Uh, what what helps you feel grounded and and really paying attention to the areas in your body that you feel safe in um and that might sound like a really far out kind of concept but it is it again really tuning into the messages of the body um and if you let's say um experience some type of um violation of your body some of these areas might inherently feel unsafe to you, especially if you're going into yoni massage and you have been um, sexually violated in any way, shape, or form. This can be very harrowing for you. You know, this can be really important work for you to do, but also um, just really listening so deeply and with such reverence to the areas of your body that feel unsafe. And then also sending, you know, finding areas that do feel safe. Like let's say Yoni doesn't feel safe, but heart space does send some of that safety from that heart space, or maybe your, um, your low belly into that area, you know, send some of that safe energy to other places to, to soften in and experience some of that safety in your own body. That is I guess. such a perfect like that's that's amazing yes 1000 percent. because that's that's your that's your energy work and that's how you that's how you spread all of that goodness Mm -hmm. goodness but spreading that spaces of love to other energetic spots within your body yeah and our patience card comes in here too because like you said if we have any experience with trauma or um, you know, hard, uh, like a hard diagnosis, me with premature ovarian failure, stuff like that. Like my, I don't feel, I've never felt very connected to my womb space, but this is a way for me to, um, to make that connection. And I think it can be beneficial to anyone, but that patience, patience is going to be needed regardless because we're not going to have, we're not always, we're not going to be working on a timeline that's, uh, from a book. It's what you need at the place that you need it. Again, there's that nature's timeline. The the timeline of growth, um, spiritual, physical, etc., is will not be measured on calendars or clocks. Boom. Right. Right. So before we go though, I want you to run down the list of um calming herbs. 
Yes. That people can rely on right now. Um, <clears throat> even maybe before you do, you know, you try a yoni massage, perhaps you, you know, if you're feeling anxious about it or if you're feeling unsafe in your body, some of these herbs could be really helpful to you. Absolutely. So wonderful herbs for for a relaxing, calming, soothing vibe would be chamomile, mm-hmm. um, lavender, ashwagandha, uh, holy basil, St. John's wort. Uh, you can make yourself like a nice big cup of kava tea. I love kava. I love kava tea. Oh my God. Um, Lemon balm. And we're not quite, you know, here in Michigan, we're definitely not at a point where we have all of our flowers and herbs blooming in our garden. But if you're going to sow some seeds, you know, lemon balm is such an amazing herb. And I would absolutely say like that with chamomile flowers and lavender flowers, that's, that's going to be, um, a heavy hitter with, with relaxation. So yeah, that's perfect. Thank you, baby. You're welcome. Yeah. So I guess that's what we got for everybody. Um, any final thoughts from you, Megs? No, I just sending everybody love. It's a hard time, but we can, we can get through this and we will. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you to all of our friends who listen to us talk (laughs) as usual. You guys are great. Um, Thank you, Megs, for just, you know, being a rock. Thank you for being my fire. (laughs) Being my fire. Yeah, baby. Um, So just get out there and enjoy the dark skies. Feel uh, feel into this balsamic moon phase and, um, you know, keep on keeping on, be safe, wear your face masks, wash your hands. Yeah. And we love the shit out of you. And we'll talk to you in two weeks, full moon. Hell yeah. Ooh, it's going to be in Scorpio, isn't it? <gasps> oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, it's going to I'm going to start planning now. Oh, my God. Perfect. Well, I'm just going to give us one more of these. (laughs) Yes. Yay for us. Okay, babies. We love you. We love you. Bye.